right, this is going to be the second most anticipated show of the year because this is going to be our inaugural game of trivia. And every single year, it always is the NFL mock draft, the pre-draft show is always our best show of the year. This is going to be number two because we've never done this before. And trust me, we've been thinking about this all week long. We got a big game of trivia today. That's right. So I guess we can just get started with that right away. Uh, Would you like to go first? Uh, No, because I actually prepared, I I would say, and I'm I'm just ballparking this. I'd say nine or ten questions, and I just okay. want to be able—I I just want to be able to respond with an equal amount of difficulty, based okay. off of what what you give me. So I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready because you texted me ahead of time. And you said I got some real doozies for you. So hey, I mate. I got some these that qu- I think are tough, and then some that are really hard. Right. These questions may not be hard, but they are certainly like good trivia questions, in my opinion. So we'll start. I got a college bat. Oh yeah, I got three for you. I got a college basketball one, college football, and an NBA question. We'll start with college basketball. All right, all right. Two teams have lost back-to-back national championships: Butler in 2010 and 2011, and this team in 1992 and 1993. Bonus points if you can tell me the teams that they lost to. I'm sorry. Say it one more time. You cut out just a little bit. Okay. Uh, two teams have lost back-to-back national. This is college basketball, by the way. Two teams have lost back-to-back national championships: Butler in 2010 and 2011, and this team in 1992 and 1993. Oh, uh, I actually know who this is because I was actually looking up um, some stuff about the Fab Five recently. This is Michigan. It is Michigan. Do you know they the were? A, they. Um, Oh man, it was Christian Leitner's Duke team one of the years. Ninety-two. Uh, holy cow! Who? Uh, you're gonna say it? I'm gonna be so mad. I, I don't think they ever played the UNLV running Rebels. Uh, so I don't think they did in the least... final four, I believe. Okay, okay, but not in a championship. Um, no. You're, you're gonna say it? I'm, I'm gonna be so mad at myself. Go ahead and say it. North Carolina. Oh my well. I, I can't name a single player from <clears throat> from that team, no, from those teams, because not. like 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 I saw Duke and I knew it was Grant Hill or Christian Leitner. I guess mm-hmm. that's just why North Carolina didn't stick in my head. But that's, that's a good question. I just so happened to be looking some of that up recently because uh, because of, I didn't know Brent for this. I'm just going in raw. It was uh, it was because of Jawan Howard. That's the only reason that I not was looking other. that up because I was Convic- trying to see. Not convicted felon, but noted, <laughs> yeah, puncher of humans or swiper, right. I should say. Hey, that's a that's a good topical question. I like sure that. Is. So I right, I'm gonna ask you one that I think I'm gonna respond with one that I think is a fair question. I think it's really hard for a lot of people, <laughs> but I think for you it might just be, uh, it might be too easy of a question for you given, uh, the. Given one of the teams involved in this scenario, and I do want to, I do want to verify before. Yep. Okay. There we go. All right. Here we go. In 1997, the Florida Marlins defeated the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. Who was the manager of the Florida Marlins? Jim Leland. Yeah. Anybody else that would have been super hard. I wrote a whole ass article on the entire 1990s Cleveland Indians dynasty. I know everything. 
Can we talk about can we talk about later how Jim Leland's the biggest quitter ever, and he literally just quit everywhere he went because it was too hard for him, and he he just wanted to coach better teams. Yeah, hold that thought. If you had something to say, Bengals, your name your name says Bengals. That's what I'm going to call you. If you have something to say, go ahead. He's in the he's in the listener section. Oh, we I thought he was in callers. Anyway, because um, he entered as a caller, and I accepted him as a caller, but he just never said anything. If you want to say something, go ahead. But uh, it's actually that Indians article, I think it's still my most viewed article I've ever written. Nice. Well, I, it's uh, like, it's because it, I, I wrote it during quarantine when, at, right at the start because obviously there's no sports to write about. Mm-hmm. And um, surprisingly, like nobody has ever like wrote about this. And I'm like, it. It just has a good SEO score, so it comes up. If you just type in 1990s Cleveland Indians, I'm sure it'll come right up. Bengals is calling again. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah, you can talk whenever you want, man. Yeah, it's literally the first thing. It was on the score crow. But um, let's see. You, yeah, you asked your question. He just left. He had nothing to say. He was scared. Um, <laughs> he couldn't hang out. He couldn't hang with the trivia. He didn't like yeah. how easy that was for two, the two of us. Yeah, like, no, he, no, he's heard enough. Okay, um, my next one will go with college football. Oh, here we go. My wheelhouse. Okay, what two players have finished runner-up in the Heisman Trophy voting twice in the BCS era? So they've never won, but they finished second twice. Oh man, I think. Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not ready to commit to this answer. Um. The first thing that came to my mind was Deshaun Watson, but I'm pretty sure he finished third one year because Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey finished second. So I, I don't think he's I will, one I of will them. tell you Deshaun Watson did finish second only one time. Yeah, okay, perfect. And then he finished third the other. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so we're good there. Now – now we're gonna get. It's gonna get tough. I'm. I'm thinking of guys who re- repeated, they, but they did do it in back to back years. Both say one more time. Too. They did it in back to back years. They finished second. Both these players. Okay. Um, uh, Fairly okay. recently, but so, not overly. So recently. I'm, again, I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get any credit for having. You know for knowing answers to the questions that you didn't ask, but I'm just thinking of guys who may have gone to the ceremony and just went multiple times, but Jameis Winston's one of them, but he obviously was first one year. Um, another guy that came to mind was Johnny Manziel, but again, he won the Heisman one year, so that's obviously right. not going to be him. I'm going to say one, I'm going to say one of them is Andrew Luck. One of them is Andrew Luck. Thank the Lord. Okay. 2010, 2011. That one with uh, Mark Ingram in 2010, that was like neck and neck. That was actually a really, really close. He finished behind Cam Newton and Robert Griffin the third. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then uh, Toby Gearhart finished behind Mark Ingram. That's right. Yes. Uh, okay. Now we're getting tough, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking back earlier. Um, Matt Liner started three years, but I refuse to believe that he went second, first, second. Uh, that that would just be the most unbelievable career ever if he did that. Yeah. Um. So I'm 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 I don't think it's him. 
But no. Oh, oh, oh. I, do, I got it. It's Darren McFadden. Mmm. Look at you. Whoo. It is Darren I, uh, McFadden. He finished behind Troy Smith and Tim Tebow. Yeah. Oh, man. When uh, Once Brady Quinn popped in my head, I got it. <laughs> okay. Um, let me – shoot. That, that, was, that was a tough question. That was a tough question, but a fair question. I do have uh, one – I do have two more que- – I lied. I have four questions for you. One of them I think is going to be extremely difficult okay, for you. Okay, I have – I have one that is also extremely difficult. However, I think it's again, it's more of an educational question, so right. we can like learn from it. It's not so much about you getting it correct. So we'll we'll, we'll save those for the la- for the last. Okay. Um, this one, this one is either you know it or you actually. I don't even want to say that one because I think I've brought that up on the podcast before. Okay. Um, which college basketball conference is home to the Catholic Seven? The Catholic Seven? Yes. Okay. I got to think of this logically. You know, it's funny. I did think about just betting on all the Catholic teams today because it's Ash Wednesday, but I didn't. Um, oh, is, is it really? Yeah, I I saw it on Twitter this morning. I have no idea when Ash Wednesday actually is, but... Some that person on Twitter could have lied to me. So I got to think. St. So <laughs> John's is in the Big East. Is Xavier in the Big East? They are in the um, Big East, but I will say this: they're not in the Catholic Seven. Okay. Hmm, I'm trying I'm trying to think of all the Catholic schools. Obviously, Notre Dame is in the ACC. Let's see. Is LaSalle a Catholic school? Uh, I truthfully don't know. Uh, that I don't even know what conference they're in, so that did me no help. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to – I think it has to be – I think it has to be the Big East because – I'm only saying that because of St. John's and Villanova. But I'm pretty I'm, – I'm going to get the Big East. I don't feel great about it, though. You would be correct. Mm, who are the seven we, teams? I know St. John's and Villanova. Well, I will say this. Xavier is Catholic. It's not in the Catholic Seven because the Catholic Seven were in the super big East back when you and I were growing up. Right. Uh, they they joined after the fact once the Big East lost football. I've been doing a bunch of research on the demise of the Big East Conference. Right. Um, and we have Villanova, Providence, St. John's, Marquette, Georgetown, Seton Hall, and DePaul. Those are the Catholic Seven. Isn't Crane was Crane in the original Big East? No, they they also joined with Xavier once okay. the once again once they lost football and all they had were basketball schools. Okay. Shout out to the Big East one time. All right, mm-hmm. here's my here's my NBA question. This one, this one is designed to be a trick question, but it's really not that hard. Okay. But, okay. So only two number one overall picks have been traded after the NBA draft ended. Chuck Share in 1950, I think, out of Bowling Green. And who else? You cut out for a split second. Okay. I, I, it, was, it was two number one picks, and then I kind of lost it. Okay. So only two number one overall picks have been traded after the NBA draft ended. Chuck Share in 1950 was traded from Boston to, I believe, Atlanta. Uh, shout out Bowling Green. That's where he's from. And who else? 
is this a draft day trade or is this bo- just before? Oh, uh, it's well, in the question. Uh, okay, Andrew Wiggins. It is Andrew Wiggins. Yes. Okay. It's designed, yeah, because it's after the NBA draft ended. So I. Oh wait! So the Cavaliers did draft Andrew Wiggins. Drafted him and they traded him in August. Okay, it's funny because he did media day at like the um, at the summer league. I think he played a couple summer league games with the Cavs. I I honestly did not know that. I I never knew that he was at, but that was he was the only one I could think of. Yeah, a lot of people think Chris Webber because he was traded. On but he was traded on draft night. He was, yeah, he was a. I also don't think he went first overall, did he? Chris Webb? I'm almost positive Chris Webber was drafted by the Warriors. He was drafted by the Warriors. I just don't know if he went first. But I couldn't. Yeah, he went first. He was traded for Penny Hardaway, I believe. Yep. Shaq oh, he played one I, year with the Warriors. Who was he? He was drafted by Orlando. That's right. He was drafted by Orlando yeah, yeah, yeah. and then traded my, my Penny, for Penny Hardaway. I, I did see the 30 for 30 on that. On, uh, the Orlando Magic of the '90s. So I, I, I have you ever um, have you ever seen the video of David Stern announcing that trade at the draft? Yeah, um, it's crazy because he was selling it, and after every word he said, the crowd went oh because they just couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, well, back then Chris Webb, and by the way, I speaking of all the Fab Five stuff, Chris Webber, he he was really really good in the nba and i was he's always awesome i well the narrative i always heard about him was just he's always he was always hurt blah 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 he there was only one game in his career he didn't start he didn't have some like old man era and he played a long time he didn't just have some old man era where he like just came off the bench and was just like a role player because injuries got the best of him. like he actually was yeah, a he played in, starter. Um, he played in the eastern conference finals against lebron with the pistons i think that may have been his last year uh, 2005, possibly? Seven. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, oh, six I forgot, or seven. I forgot they made it back that far. All right, That's all right. right. Um, oh, all right, you've been at... Mm, I, I got to think about how tough of a question. Um, now, all right, that, that question is way too specific. So I'll, I'll just go with this one. All right, so the easiest trivia question ever is who was drafted before Kevin Durant? Obviously, given where you and I are from, we know that it's Greg Godin. Who was drafted immediately after Kevin Durant? Oh, God. Hashim Thabit? It is Al Horford. Al Horford. Hashim Thabit was drafted second overall in 2009, one spot ahead of James Harden. I knew that's the first. I would never have guessed Al Horford. I didn't know he was a third, third overall pick. Yeah, Look at most, Chris I, Webber's stats right now, and he was a monster. Holy moly. He, he was. He was. All right, let's get, let's get these uh, these impossible questions out there. Okay. You go You go first. This is college basketball. That's what makes it more impossible because we know college basketball, but we don't know, like, going back. We don't know right. that much. The history. Um, so, Jim Calhoun, his last national championship came in 2011 for UConn. He's won three national championships at UConn. Who were the first two teams he beat? 1999 and 2004. Oh my gosh! Um, you you will you may be able to guess one of them. I have I I guarantee you I don't think you're going to get the other one. 
Uh, well, I mean, I'm just thinking of like Duke, Kentucky, blah, blah, blah. Um, Michigan State, I don't know. Um, uh, Michigan State did win a national championship around that time. I think it was either 2000 or 2001 with Mateen Cleaves. So I know that they were good at that time. But I am going – I'll just say one was Duke. I feel like that's just an, uh, an easy guess. 1999 was Duke. Was one of them Duke? Yes. I will say 2004. I don't think it was – I don't okay, remember what seed they were. But it was a surprise uh, run, I think. All right. Thank goodness. Okay. So there's one knocked out of the way. Three now, seed. Never this mind. is going to um, – 2004, I know that they were really, really good uh, during – our childhood, but I mean, I, I was five at the time. I don't, um, this, okay. So this is the year after Carmelo Anthony. So Syracuse right. probably wouldn't have been very good. And also, no, um, let's just say, okay. What year? No, George Mason was, first of all, George Mason didn't make the championship and they were also 2005. I'm going to say, uh, just I'm just gonna pick a Pac-12 team just for fun. Uh, Arizona State, horrible guess. It is not Arizona State. I'll give you one more guess. You're 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 not close. Arizona State's very far away from the school, but you're you're thinking right. All right, so it's somewhat random, but it's not like it's not like Central Connecticut State. No. Okay, it's so, a power five school. I'll say that. Okay. Um. Oh no, Illinois was 2005, where they had that good team. So it's right. probably not them. Um. I don't. I think I would remember if Indiana was very good. So I'm just. So, all right, now I'm just thinking Big Ten, but I don't. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to guess Big Ten because it's their schools are either really good or really bad. Um. So I feel like there's not a good random school in there. So let's go Wake Forest. Dangerously close. Oh no! Is it um, NC State or something geographically? You're in the right conference. Uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. No. Georgia. Oh wait, uh, um, no. Chris Bosh would already have been drafted at that point. Jo- Georgia Tech. It is Georgia Tech. Oh, okay. Well, they didn't have. Huh. I don't think Chris Bosch was there. No, because he uh he was drafted in 03. So this right. would have been the year after Chris Bosch. Let's see. Who's right. on that team? Yeah. Jerry Jack. Uh-huh. That's the only one. Okay. Alright, here we go. Um this is my almost impossible question. Again, meant to be educational. Potentially a little bit humorous, but not exactly designed for you to get the question right. Correct. But we'll we'll learn. Yep. Okay, so this six-time All-Star and okay. borderline Hall of Famer spent nine years playing in the National League and has a career batting average that is oh, 19 geez. points better than that of Roberto Perez. I will oh, repeat Jesus. the question. This, this six-time All-Star... And borderline Hall of Famer spent nine years playing in the National League and has a career batting average that is 19 points better than that of Roberto Perez. Good Lord. 
Um, can you give me an era? Uh, yes, he is still playing, but not in the National League anymore. He's a catcher. I will not say what position he is because that might that might narrow it down. Yeah, I only said that because you said Roberto Perez. See, he's he's still playing. He's no longer in the National League. Correct. Is this a recent change that he went to the American League? Yes, fairly okay. recent. One more, one more question: Is he a big, big name or not anymore? Big name. Oh shit! That didn't narrow it down at all. Um. <laughs> okay. Six-time All-Star, just switched over to the American League. Oh, man. So, he has the 19 points higher batting average than Roberto Perez. Career average? Career. Okay. Oh, man. So, that makes me believe that he is not a good hitter. But a borderline Hall of Famer. Roberto Perez certainly is not a good hitter <laughs> for your Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's ba- that, that's baked into this question is that I have to deal with Roberto Perez now. Man, this one's tough. I'm trying. I'm go- I'm going team through team right now. Probably, definitely not Cleveland. They don't sign anybody. <laughs> definitely not Pittsburgh because they don't have money. Definitely not Baltimore because nobody's good there. This is a doozy. <laughs> give, me, give me 30 more seconds. Come yeah. On, I guess. Go ahead. This is going to be, this is going to be a great reaction when you hear this name. Oh, this makes me believe he's one of my favorite players then. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're gonna we're gonna think of Roberto Perez a little bit differently since uh, his batting average is within within twenty points of this guy. Within twenty points, good lord! Has he made an All Star team in the American League? I believe so. I'm gonna say yes. Um, I can't swear to it, but I think so. Okay. But no, never mind. Um, I was going to say Bryce Harper, but he's never played in the American League. No, but he will be playing in the Tokyo League. Yes. Per his, per his social media. Correct. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we, we've expired this 30-second clock. Oh, give me 15 more seconds. All right, 15. I'm trying to think. 15. Who is a big name? Again, not not designed for you to get it correct because it's really hard, but designed for us to learn. Right. I'm trying to think who was a good player in the National League who didn't hit well. Or maybe he's on the down spiral. Maybe that's what I should be thinking about. 
by Andy McCutcheon? No, it is not. Although, I, 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 God, I hope that his batting average is way better than Roberto Perez. I will repeat the question, and you okay. will see. You will see the hidden clue in the question. All right, this again. This six-time All-Star and borderline Hall of Famer spent nine years playing in the National League, and as a career batting average, that is 19 points better than that of Roberto Perez. The answer is Zach Greinke. Okay, I mean. And I would also like to mention that CC Sabathia also has a better career batting average than Roberto Perez. I... Mm. We have a for uh, Zach Granke. We have uh, we have two twenty five career batting average. CC Sabathia two oh seven and Roberto Perez two oh six. I'm throwing a flag on that question. <laughs> hey, hey, mention the education again. The hit, the hidden clue in there was nine years in the National League. Man, because man. I because I felt like if I did CC Sabathia. Then it would have been like, oh well, he, I mean, what he played in the National League for half a season. He may have just had one hot streak. So, Zach Greinke, you're a better hitter than Roberto Perez. Clearly, uh, I listen. You will get no arguments from me on that one. <laughs> yeah, you would. That was. Although he did have a 20 home run season, if I'm not mistaken, was that is that true? Greinke? No, Perez. Oh. um... I was about to say, no chance. Um, let's see. I don't think he did. Oh, he did. Yeah, 24, 24 home runs in 2019. I forgot he was really pretty solid that year. Hit 239, <laughs> though. Isn't he a pretty good defensive catcher? Yeah, he won two gold gloves in Cleveland. Now he right. kind of sucks. Well, well, he's always kind of sucked, but. Who's your catcher now? I can't even think. Austin Hedges. Oh, my goodness. Practically the a- same thing. Really was good glove, not good. Padre, match. who came over in a trade. Yeah, he was brought over in the Clevenger trade. Remember that? That's my Clevenger. Yeah. Um. Wait, how many deals have you done? Because how'd you get Fred Mill Reyes? He was he was a part of the Trevor Bauer trade. Trevor Bauer. Okay, Trevor Bauer went to Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We got and then Puig the and Reyes. Third team in that trade too. Yeah. We got Puig and Reyes. Hey, whatever happened to that one guy who was supposed to be a beast for you guys, or just a, just a, a beast in general, like Mejia? Was there a catcher named Francisco Mejia? Mejia? Yeah, yeah. He Wasn't he, a big he was traded to San Diego as part of that trade, and then he was traded, and then he wound up on Tampa Bay somehow. Oh no, it's gonna be like uh, Let's see what he's doing. Whoever that third baseman was, who absolute who hit two home runs in the the playoff game against Oakland. What year? The, the fat guy who used to play for the Indians. Against Oakland? No, no, no. Uh, he plays third base for Tampa now, but he used to be your third baseman. And he hit two home runs in a wild card game for the Rays. Oh. Well, I do. I've kind of burned that game out of my memory. No, that's okay. Because the who, Indians who are still your... hitting in the double plays for that game. Oh, it was uh, Yandy. Yandy. Oh, Yandy Diaz. He, yeah, um, yeah. He He's kind of good. We traded him for Jake Bowers, who is quite possibly the worst baseball player I've ever seen. <laughs> Yandy Diaz and his ginormous arms. I yes. think are still in Tampa. Yeah, you guys have had some, like a, a 
a real cast and crew of third baseman over the years. Josh Donaldson, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Juan Uribe. We can go all the way back to Jack Hanahan. Jack Hanahan. John Jones <laughs> started off at third base. Did he really? Oh, Carlos Santana yeah. that one year. Carlos Santana played five games at third base, and we've seen <laughs> enough of that. That yeah. project. That was that was not good. That was a that was actually why John Gomes is the reason he went to third because they they had a a new catcher and they just moved him to the infield and for whatever reason they decided that third base was a more reasonable position for him than first base. That's because Gomes was the clear clearly the catcher because Carlos Santana was not a good defensive catcher, and we just signed Nick Swisher and he was playing first base. So they moved they tried Santana at third, and uh didn't go well. So who would have been your DH at that point if Nick Swisher was actually playing the infield? That's a good question. Let's look that up. 2013 or 2014. I don't imagine that having Nick Swisher actually playing the field at that age was probably a very good idea for him. I don't think having Nick Swisher play at all was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, Ohio. (laughs) So Nick Swisher played actually the majority – of DH because when they moved Carlos Santana back to first, um, who played majority of third base is Pittsburgh Pirates legend Lonnie Chisholm. Oh my goodness! Yeah, hit two eighty that year. Yeah, hey, three home runs and nine RBIs against the Texas Rangers. I'll never forget it, man. Look at this. <laughs> listen to this lineup. We got Jan Gomes, Carlos Santana, Jason Kipnis as Drupal Cabrera, Lonnie Chisholm, Michael Brantley, Michael Bourne. David Murphy and Nick Swisher. On the bench, we had Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi. We had Mike Velas. Home runs. Oh, Jose Ryan Ramirez. Rayburn was somewhere in there. Yeah, Ryan Rayburn. Jose Ramirez wasn't what he is at the now. Niger Morgan. Yep. Tyler Holt. Um, Jesus Aguilar. Chris Jimenez. Pitching staff. We had CC Lee. CC Lee. We had Corey Kluber, Justin Masterson, Danny Salazar, Carlos Carrasco, PJ House, Josh Jack Tomlin. McAllister, Trevor Bauer, Tomlin, Man, Kyle is... Crockett, Kyle Crockett, uh, <laughs> Scott Atchison. Scott Atchison was probably there. Cody Allen, Mark Repchin- Mark Repchinski. Zepchinski. Zep. The R is silent. Yeah, actually, no man. I don't, what, I'll what tell you what. Era. I'll tell you what. I don't care remembering those teams because they stunk. Then the year before that, they had like Scott Casimir and Nubaldo Jimenez. Sure did. 20, I think they had Mark Reynolds. To? Oh, we went the, a respectful 85 and 77 that year. What did we do the next year? I think in 2014, you guys made the playoffs. 13 you is guys when said, we played Tampa. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, the, the top three of your order went 0 for 12 that game. Listen, I, I don't need you telling me what we did in that game. I know <laughs> damn well. What we I'll, I'll tell you what we didn't do. Cross home plate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it. For nothing. Hard to believe. Just three short years later, we blew a 3-1 lead in the World oh. Series. Wow. God damn it. I can't. Yeah. We couldn't win Where one was... more goddamn game. <laughs> Where was a Fosto Carmona in this mix? So, a- AKA, AKA Roberto Hernandez. Yeah, the other day, the network was replaying the 2007 ALDS, the Indians and Yankees game two. 
uh, the the Nat game where all the Nats were coming out. Um, oh yeah, Faso Carmona pitched nine innings that game. Hey, he was kind of good. He was cutting down the Yankees. Uh-huh. I think uh, somebody hit a home run early in the game for the Yankees. And then the Indians like left like eight runners on in scoring position on base until the eighth inning where a wild pitch Grady Sizemore scored on. Let me pull up that. Yes, ball. Grady Sizemore. Legend in Cleveland. Game two. Oh, baby. Game two. Let's see. Let's see he also played. Walk. He also played at least ten seasons, so his name was on the Hall of Fame ballot. He sure was. <laughs> you had my vote. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Hey, it didn't last on the ballot very long, but it was there. Yeah. Why doesn't it tell me? I like how they changed his name to Roberto Hernandez on Baseball Reference. Oh yeah, as if we don't know him as Fausto Carmona. Yeah, let's see. He pitched nine innings, gave up three hits, one earned run, two walks, five strikeouts. Yeah, he was mowing them down. Absolutely, man. He was. I want to hear these I... lineups? Oh, let's run it. Yeah, for the Indians, we got Sizemore as Drupal Cabrera, Ronnie Belliard. I don't think so. Oh. Travis Hafner, Victor Martinez, Ryan Garko, Johnny Peralta. Johnny Kenny Peralta, Walsh. that's right. That's right. He was terrible shortstop. I'll let you know that. Um, <laughs> he could hit, though. Franklin Gutierrez and Casey Blake for the Indians. Oh, uh, Casey the Yankees, Blake. That's right. Also on the Hall of Fame ballot one time. Um, <laughs> My first Indians game ever was he had a walk-off home run. It was awesome against the Tigers. That is awesome. Uh, New York Yankees, uh, Johnny Damon, Derek Jeter, Bobby Abreu, A-Rod, who won the MVP that year, Hideki Matsui, Jorge Posada, Robinson Cano, Melky Cabrera, who hit the home run. Uh, Doug – oh, I'm not going to be able to say this name. Doug, Doug, Doug McCavewich, was he a yeah. first baseman? Yeah, and they had a pin. Shelly Duncan. Really? Yeah, pinched it. Had one, had one at bat, and he had a base hit. Good for him. Um, pitching for the Yankees was Andy Pettit pitch started, Jabba Chamberlain, Mariano Rivera, and whoever this guy is. The Indians had Roberto Hernandez, aka Fausto Carmona, and uh-huh. Rafael Perez. Oh, let's go! There is a points explosion in this basketball game I'm watching right now. Let's go! Had the over. Who are we watching? Charleston Southern and UNC Asheville. Let's go. All right. That's, uh... I, I already got a winner under my belt. I, there's a basketball game on at 11.30 today. I, of course, bet on it. I bet the over. I can't remember the teams who played because I didn't really care. I just liked the, I just wanted to see the ball go in the net. Um, uh-huh. Needed overtime to cash it, but, man, oh, I'm telling you, these, these two teams can't miss threes right now. This is wonderful. That's what I'm talking about right there. I will, I will one day get to the point where I can learn everybody's, everybody's conference just by hearing their team name. Not I haven't reached that point yet. This we'll is the Big South uh, Conference Tournament first round. I, I got what? another. I got another trivia question for you. Again, it's Ooh. meant to be borderline yes. impossible, but th- this was in the like way too difficult category. Okay. All right, in in 2012. Which two MLB pitchers hit home runs off one another in the same inning? Ooh, I think I've heard this. I think I. It, are you able to guess? Like, do do you know which teams 
they were. No. Because I, I had to look this up. I had to watch the video last night. I would have gotten one of the pitchers correct. I would have gotten one of them wrong, but I knew which team it was. 2012, 2012, 2012. Let's see. Can you give me the teams? Because I don't. I... Phillies and Giants. Okay. Um, is Madison Baumgartner one? I know he could rake. No, he is not. Was he even there? Yes, he was. Although, the guy who started the, the All-Star game for the National League was one of the pitchers. Started the All-Star game. In uh, Kansas City. In Kansas City. I was trying to remember what stadium. Now I got it. Um, who would have started? Let's see. So you said San Francisco and who? Philly. Okay. Let's see. Who was pitching for the Phillies? Did he also – was he also an all-star or is he just kind of a guy? Um, I say – I don't know if he was an all-star that year, but he was more than just a guy. He's a, he's a, a name that you'd know. He's got a great name, by the way. Okay. Um, who was – let's see. They had Baumgartner, but he wasn't it. Um, I'm pretty sure Barry Zito retired by then. Yeah, this this guy was very good, but for a short amount of time, I believe. Let's see. So that was – they won the World Series that year. Uh, uh, Matt Cain, was he one of them? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, There's one. Great name on the other side. Phillies. I, for some reason, I was thinking American League. Let's see, who would have been on the Phillies? The Phillies definitely were, I don't know if they were a complete disaster by then, but they definitely, their core was done. Ah! Well, yeah, I guess they would have been a few years removed from their World Series. Yeah, because after the World Series, they kept us getting progressively worse. Like, they got bounced in the NLCS, the NLBS, the wild card game, and then they just never made the playoffs. Wait, did they win the World Series in 2008? Or did, did, yeah, they, they, played, would... they played the Rays, but I remember yeah. Ryan Howard, like, tore his ACL running out of the batter's box. And I thought that was the final out of the World Series. So that I thought may that have been lost. against the Yankees. It oh. may have been against the Yankees because they okay. played the Yankees the next year and they lost to them. But after that, they lost in the NLCS. They lost in the NLDS. They lost in the wild card game, and then they just haven't made it back. Let's see who was on the Phillies. I don't. I, I can't. Definitely not Roy Halladay. No, he was probably retired at that point. Yeah, Cole Hamels. You better believe it. Ah, that's where the. Because you tricked me there, because I was thinking cool names. I was like, who the hell had a cool name? Yeah. And then Cole Hamels came in my head. I'm like, no way, he just did that. Uh, oh, you better believe I did that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not that. I don't know. I'm not that virtuous. But uh, I would have said Cliff Lee, if that were, if someone had asked me, I would have gotten Matt Cain correctly. I think I would. That would have been a good guess. I would have said Cliff Lee, but I believe I watched it last night and Cliff Lee was actually in the broadcast booth or I guess maybe not in the booth. He may have been doing like a like an on field interview or something. 
Yeah. Uh, because he was technically a part of the broadcast as the ball was hit. So he was uh, – so he was I mean, there. He's definitely on the team. Yeah, he uh, – I'm looking at his reference right now. Yeah, long-time Indian, a Cy Young Award winner with the Cleveland Indians. And then he went – there was Texas back, back and with Seattle CC. and Philly and – I think All he went that. Seattle and then Texas. No, he no, he went Philly, Seattle, then Texas, then back to Philly. And then he stayed at Philly for like four years, yes. I think. I always forget he pitched one year in Seattle. I do too. Man, I his Cy Young year, he went, but not... he went 22-3, and 2-5-4 ERA, two shutouts. Man, he was, he was a I monster. I think Cole Hamels was on the Rangers at one point too. Yeah, he was. He definitely was. Let's see. And then he I was recently too. Then he was on the Cubs. He th- didn't he throw a no hitter with the Cubs? Yeah, he he was just with the Cubs. He just retired, but he I think he ended with the Cubs. He only played one game with the Braves last year. That's good. Uh, that well, he he had an eight ten ERA. Did he get a so ring? That's a fantastic question. I'm going to look that up. I, I have no idea how long he was on. Oh, how funny is this? Yasiel Puig would have won a ring last year, but he failed, his, he failed his COVID test during his physical, so they just did not sign that's him. Tough. That, that's tough. But they were, they, were looking at him to, they were looking at him to replace Nick Markakis because Nick Markakis opted out of the season. So they bring in Yasiel Puig. And he tests positive for COVID as they bring him in for a physical. So then they just moved on from him and looked elsewhere. Hmm. Uh, he is, okay. he does not. He does not have any registered, um, uh, World Series championships except for 2008. So, no. That's tough. Uh, I got. I actually have two more college football questions, trivia questions for you. All right. Well, we're we're never going to run out, so we might as well use some because, oh, because we'll, we'll we'll come up with plenty more. Um, this one, I I don't know if you'll get it or not. It's uh, who were the champions the last time the AP and the coaches poll had a split national championship? All right. So we're talking two thousand three. Um, I'm gonna say it was LSU. Because they beat Oklahoma, but USC right. was ranked number one, despite the fact that they weren't even in the championship game. That's right. LSU which, and Oklahoma. Or, uh, which, ma- which makes no sense to me why why that's even a discussion about having a split championship. Because the BC it was called the BCS National Championship. It wasn't called the AP National Championship. But right. I, I, t- I take it 1997 was the other year where there was a split. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any because like Michigan has a shared that. championship, but I don't yeah, like Michigan. I don't really Nebraska. understand. It's because the AP crowned Michigan and the coaches crowned Nebraska. Oh well, that's a Michigan championship. We don't care about the coaches poll. The coaches poll actually holds a lot of weight for no reason, or it used to. That these these guys don't watch anybody but their opponents. I think Michigan is. Technically, Michigan's championship holds more weight just because the AP is the AP. Um, but I don't know. It's it, what a dumbass time to be a college football fan. Yeah, because the BCS didn't start until nineteen. 19- well, that's probably why 
because the BCS didn't start until 1998, and that's probably the reason it started is because the coach – that is so bogus. And also keep in mind – well, I, I was going to say that we have a bunch of media members just deciding the national champions up to that point with the AP poll. But, I mean, we do have a committee of just 13 random people who decide who makes the playoffs. So it's not that's it's true. Not that, it's not that much different. I think that's my dream job. They could pay me minimum wage to be on the playoff selection committee. That would be a dream. I guess the only difference is is that they determine the playoffs, and then that game is actually – those games are actually played. Back then, there were, I don't even think there was a national championship. Uh, well, no. I, you know what? The, because – they would have bowl games, but the bowl, they wouldn't have a championship game. They would ha- they would just do like so and so conference champion versus at large, and then after all of those bowl games, then they would just do another week of voting, and then the, whoever was number one in the AP. That's a lot of trust in a bunch of random people that we have. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that could have that could be like in twenty years from now. Now, obviously, if we did, we'd have to do some like Back to the Future type stuff. But if they brought that system back, there's a chance that you and I could be deciding who the national championship is. Hmm. Don't mind I, if I do. Yeah, excuse me if I must. <laughs> I will gladly serve my country. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. And I yeah, what if. I couldn't imagine being Michigan that year in 1997, winning the Rose Bowl, going undefeated, basically being told after the Rose Bowl, yeah, you guys just won the national championship. And then, like, a couple days later, actually, the coaches decided Nebraska won, so you sort of won, but you also didn't – you're not the sole national champion. I'd be furious. These people who did not watch your games determined that you weren't the national championship. I would be so mad. Think, man, think about it. Dabo Sweeney having Ohio State ranked 11th would have, would have oh, completely brother. could have completely messed up their chances of winning a national championship in this format. Yeah, I'm Both. glad coaches no longer decide because coaches are notoriously stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right, you had a second one, you said? Yes. Um, this one's going to be tough. All right, what two American conference teams play their home games in NFL stadiums? Okay, I kind of got frozen after you said American Conference because I wasn't even sure what that meant. Can you repeat the question? Yeah. What two American AAC conference What teams two American play, Conference? Play their home games in NFL stadiums. I, okay, I, I, I hate to do this again, but you kind of cut out like just for a split second halfway through the question. Can you well, One more time. Okay. What two American Conference teams play their home games in NFL stadiums? Oh, oh, you mean the AAC? Yeah, that's what I said, right? Uh, well, you said American Conference with, I mean, you were missing the word athletic, but I mean, yeah, again, American I, Athletic. Okay. Two teams in the AAC play their games in NFL stadiums. I know for a fact South Florida used to. I don't know if they still play at Raymond James, but I'm going to put them on the show. Oh, they do? Let's go. Yeah. All right, there's one. All right. Oh, boy. I. Mm, I don't. I do not think that Houston plays in NRG Stadium because I don't think that they play indoors. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Houston's out for now. Oh, is there a chance? Does no? There's no way Tulane plays at the. That, no, that's a ridiculous thing to suggest. All right. Um, I can't even. I can't even think of. 
how many AAC teams can I name? Oh, I might say Navy, but I, I, I don't even know if I've ever seen Navy play a home game because every time they go on the road to play Notre Dame, they're always playing at a neutral site. So I'm not yeah, even they, convinced that Navy has their own stadium. It's not Navy, but Navy does play a lot in Baltimore. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Does the team play in Philadelphia? Does Temple play at, at – uh, you know, all right, this is going to be my best guess. If it's wrong, it's wrong, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to come up with a better guess. I'm going to say that Temple plays at Lincoln Financial. They do. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. I think – I think they just recently started playing there, actually. That's I, – I can't tell you what their home stadium looks like, so I – Actually, you know what? Notre Dame may have played against Temple in the recent history. I think Temple was ranked. Back when uh, Matt Rule was their head coach. Um, I don't know. I I can't remember Temple ever being good. All right. So, all right. We're just, you know, we're going to come up with a bunch of random trivia questions over the next week or however long anyway. So, I might as well just run through some of these. Um. Okay, this three-time All-Star pitcher ended his career with 24 home runs, including a career-high six home runs in 2006. So, a pitcher in the mid-2000s who could rake. I will say this, too. If you looked at him, you would you would assume that he'd be able to rake. You said 24? 24 career home runs, maximum of six in one season. Oh, um, oh, I think you got it. Cubs, uh, Carl, Carl Zambrano. That is correct. Yeah, that there we great. go. That's yeah, great. That He's hit the yeah. most home runs by a pitcher. Um, I don't know that. I, I just know that he hit 24. Ah. Uh, but, I mean, 24 for a pitcher, that's a lot. That's a ton. I mean, technically, and I, I hate to even – I, I feel like I'm swearing on the podcast right now, but oh, there's a chance that Babe Ruth may have qualified as a pitcher. Oh, boo! No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I think we need to bleep out what I just said. We, we, we are not allowed to mention, you know, he who shall not be mentioned on the podcast. But yeah. I, if we're if we're technically doing most home runs for a pitcher of all time, he may have he may qualify for that. Uh, Carlos Zambrano is tied for seventh all time. The number one is Wes Farrell with 38. My, my favorite. He was born in 1908. Yeah. Ba- yeah, Babe Ruth is on this list. He had 14 as a pitcher. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. Then this narrative of Babe Ruth was a pitcher who had to move to the outfield. I thought he spent like years as a pitcher. If he if he had fourteen games, well, you know what? He may have been playing the outfield the rest. Of, so I don't know. Who cares? Boo. Yeah, irrelevant. What what else you got for me? Those three bats that he was swinging with before he would step <laughs> into the plate. Those yeah, were also girl. also chopsticks. Uh, mm-hmm. I think those were hollow. Those were all fungos. Those weren't real mm. bats. I'll start the dialogue. Yeah, um, which Hall of Fame NFL head coach is also a NASCAR Hall of Famer? 
I feel like I know this one. I feel like this one's like also in my brain, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get it. Hold on. Let's see, I'm trying to think when NASCAR, NASCAR is probably its most popular when Dale Earnhardt was alive. Would have been the nineties, eighties. I don't. I don't watch NASCAR. <laughs> um, let's see. Is it Don Shula? It is Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. Yeah, he never uh, would have guessed that. Uh, he actually just went into the Hall of Fame uh, two years ago. I the Gibby. He's a uh, he's a owner. Yes, he is. I believe. I'll, I'll double check that. But, all right, let's see what else I got for you. Oh, here's a fun one. Um, so, something that I've been fascinated in researching lately is coaching trees and who, where do coaches come from before they make it to the big time? So, here, I got one for you. And there, there's, a, there's a fun, it's not going to be a trivia question, but there's a fun little detail uh, that I will explain after this. Where did Jay Wright coach before he coached Villanova? Oh, Jesus. I feel like he's a lifelong Big East guy. Let's see. Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Jay Wright. It is a – it is an FCS football school. Oh, heavens. Um, okay, you know what? I can, I can detour this one and give you one that you might actually know. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to guess that one. Okay, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get back to that one because there's going to be a fun one. But where did Thad Mata coach before Ohio State? Butler. Or, hold on, it's between two. It's either Butler or Xavier. I think it's Xavier. It's Xavier. You, you thought about yes. it. Good for you. I, I always get those two messed up because I always think they're both in Ohio. Uh, well, they're both close. Um, yeah. All right, here's, here's the, the really good one. So, Jay Wright, before coaching at Villanova, he was the coach at Hofstra. Now, yeah. he spent, I believe, five years at Hofstra, and his final two years, he made it to the NCAA tournament. And they actually had a name change in between those two years. So he technically, he did take the Hofstra Pride to the tournament in their first year of being the Hofstra Pride. And, I mean, we got to resurrect this name. We were talking about the University of New Orleans earlier. We, we got to resurrect this name. He also took the very last iteration of the Hofstra Flying Dutchman to the NCAA Ooh. tournament. They oh, changed their name from the, from the Flying Dutchman to the Pride. I bet that logo was absolute gas. Let's see. <laughs> I, oh, it I, I sucked. Gotta... Oh, it, it did? No. Oh, wait. This, this old school logo is pretty cool. I haven't even looked, honestly. I gotta. I'm gonna look along with you. It's the second picture on Google Images. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, they got the pipe in his mouth. Yeah, I don't know how that. That doesn't look anything like a flying Dutchman, but <laughs> this isn't a flying Dutchman a pirate. Uh, I think so. Let's see. I just I, know I that SpongeBob. I know, and the the sixth image on here is the the Flying Dutchman from. There's the Flying Dutchman with the uh, the Hofstra logo on his flag on his uh, boat or see, ship. Flying, I should say. The Flying Dutchman is a legendary ghost ship. Oh, so it's the okay. ship. It's all right. Yes, 
Okay. Well, well, yes. I have no idea what this guy riding a rocket has to do with. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Let's see. So, if you take anything away from this podcast today, is that Hofstra needs to go back to being the Flying Dutchman, and they need to retire the name the Pride. It's, I'm assuming the Pride is like buffaloes, right? Like a pride of buffaloes. Uh, lions. Lions, sure. That's but actually the, a. This logo looks game like a is, buffalo. Oh no, I see. It's a lion. It's a it's, it's a, a lion. It's a yeah, lioness, and then the blue one is a lion. Yeah, it's it's two animals actually. From a distance, it, it looks like a buffalo. That's not confusing. Mm-mm. Not at all. Yeah, what is this dude on a rocket? No, What's I agree. I'm gonna look at this. Is probably a bad link to click on, but I'm doing it. <laughs> that's that's always. Hey, at least your friends didn't send it to you, so you know it's it's has a better chance of being safe. That's right. Oh, this website is... I have no idea what this is. This is nonsense. I'm reading text messages about the NBA talking about expanding to Seattle and Vegas. Vegas. You hear, I know you're a big Bill Simmons listener, so um, he said on his podcast with Ryan Russillo... I I didn't I don't listen to Bill Simmons. I just listened to the specific part. He said he's been hearing that Vegas is going to be one of the expansion teams, and that LeBron is interested in buying it. Oh man! So I'm woke. I'm woke to the fact that <laughs> somehow, some way, Bronny is going to get drafted by this Vegas team, and that's where LeBron's going to go. I'm woke. I see the vision. So I guess that I'm never, ever, ever going to have any sort of national media that quits caring about LeBron because he's just going to always be around and they're going to be talking about his ownership skills. and That's you know, right. All, Saddle up. Yeah. Uh, Zaire Way just threw soup at Tyron Lue. Oh, it's, brother. Yeah, we're going to have to. I kind of want that. that. I, I kind of want gonna Las, the Las Vegas team to just be nothing but clutch agents. That would be Awesome. Oh, yeah. Leading scorers, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Sure ben, is. Ben Simmons is guarding all five positions. Tristan Thompson's cleaning the glass. Come on. Yeah. That's right. We could we'll have, get him another uh, contract. The, the Vegas. He's with the Bulls now, though. Well, he's going to be. I wonder if they would leave it open to a bidding war or if they would just prefer LeBron because. Mark Davis, I bet, would be interested in owning that team because he owns the Las Vegas Aces, which is the WNBA team. Although, uh, I, yeah, although recent reports would indicate that WNBA owners don't actually care that much about their team because they've made it illegal to fly private planes. What? Oh, you didn't hear that story? No. So there was a uh, there was a controversy because. The New York Liberty had been flying around privately, and it, it is actually a rule in their CBA, if I'm not mistaken, that teams are not allowed to fly private, uh, private planes because uh, not everybody in the ownership group is able to afford to, do, to fly privately with their teams. So, uh, which, by the way, if you go look up all the owners for – the uh, WNBA, it's a lot of people who have, uh, you know, I guess nine 
figures or 10 figures, I should say, uh, on their net worth. So it's basically, it's viewed as a competitive advantage in the WNBA if owners are jetting their teams around privately because that's like a free agent draw is that, oh, you don't have to fly commercial, you can fly privately. So it's actually an advantage being having enough money to buy whatever free agent you want. Uh, yes. Um, you know what? No, you know, I'm putting my foot down. If my team can't sign LeBron James, nobody can. Exactly. That's, that's, that's outrageous. Crazy. Holy Christ. Yeah. So uh, the New York Liberty got fined. I, it was initially a $1 million fine, but I think it, they appealed it down to 500000 or whatever. But um, the owner of the New York Liberty also owns the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, he's got a Russian dude. No, it's actually some Asian dude. I um I remember it being a Russian dude because I remember he would always show up at the draft and he like the lottery. Yeah, let's see. The owner of the Nets is Joseph C T S A I. So Sai. Sai. I I I think Sai. Let's see. Gangnam Style. A Taiwanese Canadian businessman. What on earth? We got a. That is quite the combination. The old citizenship in Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Canada. Well, I'm sure he can get U.S. citizenship in the near future because he's hanging out in Brooklyn. But uh, Brooklyn stinks. Well, you know what? They should. They shouldn't. I should say. Um, Certainly not. Let's see. Let's look, at they do have a lot of talent. Is Kevin Durant still hurt? This dude's hurt yes. all the time. Yeah, he's hurt. Uh, they are as long as he's healthy during the playoffs, all I care about. Yeah, let's see. I'm looking at the, I'm just looking at the standings right now. Man, oh man, the Lakers are terrible. Yeah. So, all right, I've been thinking about this, and I, I so should have asked you this sooner. If, if Darius Garland and Evan Mobley and this young core with the Cavaliers wins in, wins a, uh, an NBA Finals, I want to ask you: Will you think of those these guys now? And I, I, look, I, I know that it's unlikely to happen. They're going to make the playoffs and hopefully they can win a couple of series, maybe make a little bit of a run and keep it interesting. But if somehow they put it all together and they go all the way and they win the NBA Finals, do you mm-hmm. think – I'm asking you to speak for the entire city here. Do you think mm-hmm. Cleveland will respect those guys more than they respect LeBron? That's a tough while you, question. While you ponder that, here's, here, here's my thought process behind the question. I think that – and look, I understand – the Rams are showing us right now that if you go all in and you win a championship and you kind of mortgage the future for the right here and the right now, that it's worth it if you win a championship. And LeBron did win a championship for Cleveland. But the fans in Cleveland have had to suffer when LeBron left both times. Now, they enjoyed his success while he was there, but he just kept being successful because everywhere he went – he kept forcing everybody to go all in, and then when it didn't work anymore, he jumped somewhere else and made them go all in and traded trade away all the young players, bring in veterans, trade away Brandon Ingram well, and Lonzo Ball and well, Josh Hart, whatever. Let's bring in AD. So I I think it would be, I I think that does make LeBron, and I know that you're a Cleveland fan, so I may not be speaking directly to you about why this makes LeBron unlikable. He's never had to suffer like the fans did. At, le- at least not for a while. Maybe his first iteration in Cleveland, sure. But he always made everyone go all in on every team that he's been on. So I think it would be easier to root. And he's always and when he came back, 
he came in, he came back because you guys had the number one pick, which he was able to trade for Kevin Love, and right. he had Kyrie Irving, who was already an All Star at that point. So, mm-hmm. and he's been talking about coming back, and I, I would really hate to see that for Cleveland because I'm worried that he's going to come in and trade away all the young guys again, and then force you guys to go all in, and then he gets to retire off into the sunset while you guys are trying to rebuild once again. So, because of that, I think that Cleveland fans. It may be more – it may be mean more to them if they have this young group of homegrown drafted guys opposed to LeBron coming and joining them at his own convenience and then leaving when it busts. This the, is my thing, the thing about LeBron in Cleveland and his relationship with Cleveland right now is it's actually kind of divided and – that's only because there is a good majority of people out there that don't like him because of his pol- political opinions, which is, you know, whatever. But, um, and cause there's a certain demographic or age range that doesn't like LeBron. <laughs> um, it's, it's typically the olds. I, I know because, that you're not a fan of old people. No, I'm not, I, I'm not, a, I, I don't hate old people. I just don't respect their sports opinions. Um, <laughs> that's why I've long said the second I turn 65, I'm out. You're never going to hear another sports opinion from me again. But um, <laughs> Hey, I think 65 is like when you – I think that's the age for senior citizenship. Hey, now. Uh, but um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. It's not like I, I – honestly, I can't remember the last time I ever, like, tweeted out a, a real sports opinion I have. Most of the time, it's just satir- satirical nonsense. Yeah. But, um, or me just like, I don't know. But um, I don't think LeBron, pound for pound, I don't think anybody's ever going to be able to top LeBron. Even if, the Cavs, even if this Cavs team wins an NBA Finals, I don't think anybody's going to be able to top LeBron in terms of importance and how much we like them. Because, one, LeBron's a local guy. Two, he was the, he, he, he is the, mo- he was the biggest can't-miss prospect probably in American sports. Um, three, he broke the curse and four, he is so active in the community still. So I don't think he's ever going to be, I don't think that if this Cavs team won the finals this year, we would obviously hold them in very high regard, not only because they won the finals, but because they're our guys, they're, they're the guys we drafted. We didn't really, the only guy who's really there right. that contributes that we didn't draft or two are uh, Jared Allen and Karis LeBert. So, and the, yeah. thing, the narrative around LeBron, like, oh, why would you want him? He comes in and he tears down, he trades away all your assets. People like the idea of assets more than they like the idea of those assets being good. <laughs> because who I did agree. he trade away in Miami? He didn't trade away anybody in Miami. Uh, he brought people, he brought a couple people in Miami. Uh, who did he trade away in Cleveland? Andrew Wiggins never touched the floor for the Cavs in a regular season game. And Deion Waiters, who I think punched a coach in the face. So, <laughs> um, or I think he punched Kyrie Irving in the face. Oh, that is, that's breaking news to me. I never heard that story. He punched somebody. I can't remember. So they traded away him. And with the Lakers, who did he trade away with the Lakers? Uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Uh, guess what? They won a fucking championship the next year. So yeah, he trades away all these talent, all this. Talent, Kyle, Kyle he, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma to for okay, Westbrook. Yeah, he's a, he plays in the NBA. 
Um, he doesn't. He doesn't do. I can't confirm. Yeah, he trades away all these assets, but so does every team that is in championship contention. And as long as LeBron James is on your team, you're probably going to be in championship contention. Notice how I said probably because the Lakers are fucking terrible this year. But, and that's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, but think about the three years after, the years after LeBron leaves. Who cares? Who who cares about that? That's a, three three years, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't exist. Well, it doesn't three minutes, hurt. as far as I'm concerned, doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't like, hurt you at, at all that everywhere he goes, they're always all in, and he always gets to experience the possibility of a championship. And then he left you guys to basically rebuild your own franchise. That doesn't hurt you at least a little. Not, not at all, because the Cavs are good right now. All right. Well, how about the Heat how, made the finals? How, what about like ten years left. ago? What about ten years ago? Ten years ago, um, pre-championship. I mean that that was a different situation just because of the way he left. But where he basically hosted his own television special, showing you guys that you weren't good enough for him. Yeah, that was that's that's the only thing I think I've ever disagreed with LeBron on. But um, and to his defense, he has come out and said he would absolutely do it differently that time. He knows what he did was stupid. But um. Well, don't tell Aaron Rodgers because he's going to go on Pat McAfee's show and pick hats like a high school recruit. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what to think about Aaron Rodgers at this point. <laughs> but um, I was going to say a point. I forget. I think people – that's the thing. It's like, yeah, he gives up all these pieces, but that's what, that's what championship teams do. Like, the idea of having assets is nice. The idea of winning championships is much better. Mm-hmm. You would trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love every single time. You would trade Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart for Anthony Davis every time. You wouldn't trade Kyle Kuzma for Russell Westbrook every time. But, <laughs> like, sure, these teams are bad when LeBron leaves. That's obviously going to happen when one of the best players of all time leaves your team and is still playing at a high level. By the way, LeBron is playing pretty unbelievable this year, I will say. He's averaging the mo- he's averaging 29 points right now. That's the most that's the most amount of points he's averaged in a season since his last year with his first run in Cleveland. Uh he like he he's still a top 3 player. So of course, if he leaves the Lakers next year, which he's not going to, I don't think he is. He's going the Lakers are going to be extremely terrible. And I'm assuming if LeBron leaves, I'm assuming Anthony Davis is getting shipped out. But I would I am fine. Then it's going to be the Langston Galloway and Ryan Kelly days all over again. The only two – there are three players on the Cavs I would not trade if LeBron came back and was starting to make a demand. Darius Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Those are the three players I would absolutely not trade. Isaac Okoro, Karis LeVert, Jetty Osman, Colin Sexton, all those guys, they can, you know, get the hell out. Nobody cares. Um yeah, it's, that's always been so weird to me. Like, yeah, but he traded away all these assets. They He has won a championship at every team he's been at. Who cares? I I know, but it's I – am, I am more than willing be, to – I'm more than willing a, to pretend the Cavs don't exist for two years if that means we won a championship a couple of years prior to that. All right, that makes sense because I've 
forgotten what state we live in. We are much definitely a football state. Uh, okay, let's let's put this in a Browns terms. No brother. If I could, if I could possibly find a way, let's say, let's say you guys drafted Russell Wilson, and then yeah. he he comes and goes. And, and this is this is a sport where every single week you have to spend seven days stewing over whatever happened the previous Sunday. So right. this is if Russell Wilson had basically the LeBron career where he comes and goes and he wrecks the franchise and he comes back. I feel like you would be. You'd be like, dude, thanks for winning the Browns a championship, but all this coming and going, like, it is exhausting, and it is clear that, like, you, as much as you want to be one of us, you've never had to deal with the pain of you leaving because you're always out and about having fun. I feel like LeBron, I know that he's, again, and we, we, we've disputed this about how Akron and Cleveland are not the same thing because they're about mm-hmm. 45 minutes away from each other. Uh, which mm-hmm. is not exactly the you know the the jump across the pond that people like to make it sound. Now again, forty five minutes is not seven hours. Okay, it's it's close, it's but it is not like just it's not like the Dallas Fort Worth area. No one's calling no. it the Cleveland Akron area. It, they're they're two different cities. Okay, so right, I get it, and we we love our Ohio guys here. We we still believe in Mitch Trubisky at least to an sure extent. Do. Uh, Dan Orlovsky really believes in Mitchell Trubisky, apparently. Um, but it's just like when he comes back and he's like, oh, you know what? No. And I, I will leave some room for error here that LeBron was getting caught up in the moment and may not have been super serious about rejoining the Cavs. But he's like, hey, I, I kind of like what's going on here with this All-Star weekend. I'm, I'm leaving the door open to come back someday. So it, I – I don't know how serious he was about I that. I will say but... he, uh, I think his second year with the Heat, uh, his, when they came to Cleveland that year, somebody asked him like just about Cleveland and his, his time in Cleveland. Cause at that point, things started, the hate, the LeBron hate started to settle down a touch. Um, but it was something because he lost so, and they, they yeah. enjoyed seeing him lose. Yeah, that's right. But, um, Somebody asked him about, you know, his time in Cleveland and if he would ever be, if at any point in his career, he would ever be open to returning. And he practically said the same thing he said this year. Like, I don't rule that out, but I I'm, I don't play there right now. So I'm not focused <laughs> on that. That's, that's literally what he said in 2012 and what he just said this year. So, so what you're saying is he's going to come back and win a championship. What's that? I said, so what you're saying is he's going to come back and win a championship. Oh, but who cares? We're going to trade away people. <laughs> that's that's all that matters. It's, We're going to trade the away ros- the roster management is more fun. NBA players. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, it's like a video game almost, where the roster management is more fun than the actual games themselves for some fans. Right. Which I will be completely as a honest, fan. Yes. I will be completely honest. It kind of is. I like it is. The, I agree. The, Best sports day of my life is the NFL draft because it's where the NFL and the college football come together and unite, oh, mix together, and it is an exciting day. Um, it's awesome, and we we get to overreact and talk about how GM should be fired left and right, and this team's about to win five Super Bowls because of their draft picks. Because I, best day ever. So I do understand the that the mindset of the fan that. 
the roster management aspect of it is almost more of a priority for some people than actually winning the championship. It's more about winning the trade than winning the championship, which uh, we could, which you brought up as that's kind of bogus logic, which I agree. And I, I don't know when we switched roles on this podcast where I, you're the logical one and I'm the emotional fan. It's supposed to be minute. the other way around. Wait a but, minute. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't care for that in one bit. <laughs> well, hey, you, with some of your teams that you've rooted for, you you have good reason to be overly emotional. Um, you have been scorned by some uh, Im- improper behavior. You know, with, I'll give you a pass for the Hugh Jackson and Freddie Kitchens years. Those kind of shook you up a little Hugh bit. Hugh Jackson just admitting to tax fraud on Twitter. That was awesome. What, what did Hugh Jackson do? He he basically admitted to tax fraud through his charity. Oh, what's I can't this remember story? what he. I haven't heard this. I can't Hugh remember J- what he tweeted. Somebody was going after Hugh Jackson just because of the Art Briles situation. And his charity's Twitter account responded. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I do know they basically admitted to, like, tax evasion. Well, dude, how about the Hugh Jackson, like, yes, like, I got One in 31 and still had a job? Yeah, I still can't believe it. Yeah, he's like, I got paid to lose. And then, like, a week later, he's like, I never said that. What are you talking about? Like, he completely doubled back on what he just said. I have no idea. (laughs) Who would want to go play for him, honestly? I, I don't know. I, I I think he's a – he seems like a really nice guy. So I he think does. He, could, he seems like an excellent person. He seems like he could crush an interview with a recruit, but I, I, feel, I feel like there's just so much, so many oddities and inconsistencies with Hugh Jackson that you could not possibly pick up on just from oh, one no, in, in-house meeting with a recruit. I, well, yeah, well, true. Consistently bad, but consistently. <laughs> yeah, but oh my gosh! And I, every single time we talk about him, I have to bring this up. Where no, every, single, every single, every uh, single post game press conference he would do, when someone asked him a question, he'd say, "Oh, I, I can't answer that. I haven't watched the film yet, so I don't know." And it's just like, so how on earth are you supposed to make halftime adjustments if you're not Seriously. allowed to? If you're not allowed, if you're not able to watch the film and make any sort of determinations off of what your eyes saw, but. So Hugh Jackson is weird, but sure. I do think that he comes off as a nice guy. But mm-hmm. yeah, for him, the I, I thought it was a really strange look that he was getting caught up in the Brian Flores, uh, the whole deal with like you know the, black coaches are under are underrepresented. Right. I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly, but there's yeah. underrepresentation of black coaches and this, that, and the other. And one of his first moves as the head coach of Grambling is to hire Art Bryles of all people. <laughs> yeah, not a good person. <laughs> yeah, um, had his own issues at Baylor. Um, it, it's it's also just like, well, first of all, it's odd to hire a white coach after you basically went on that entire, uh, you know, his, his himself that way. Yeah, which I. I'm going to be honest. There was a one player who may have been a, a Iowa State guy who just transferred. Someone transferred into an HBCU and they were Jackson white. And I, State. I, I didn't know that that He's was a quarterback. even allowed. Yeah, no, no, I no. saw you, that. You, no, white people can go to HBCUs, but HBCUs were used back in you know early days because 
because black people weren't allowed in white academic institutions. So they created these schools for them and they're still HBCUs and they're mostly predominantly black, but you, anybody can go to them. I, I, I didn't even know that I was, that was the first I was ever hearing about that with the Ohio state guy. And then Hugh Jackson, uh, I, I thought it was odd that he hired a white coach. I thought it was really odd that the, that the white coach he hired was Art Bryles of all people. Yeah. And then Art, and then Art Bryles only stayed there for four days because he's like, I don't want to be a distraction. I'm already a distraction. I just, I just, I just want to play football or whatever. What a weird situation. But I mean, as you and I both know, being in this state, Hugh Jackson is a uh, not exactly known for making a bunch of sense all the time. No. <laughs> so I guess we shouldn't be too surprised by this, but yeah, it was like within a week's time where on what he was talking about how, you know, Brian Flores isn't the only one who got offered money. They were offering me money to lose too. And then like a week later, he's like, Oh, I know that did not happen. No, absolutely not. And well, I, technically it didn't make any sense. Technically he's right. They did give him money. He just happened to lose. All the time. <laughs> so yeah, exactly in a way, Oh my goodness! But what a mess! I shook that man's hand in a Five Guys one time. Good lord! <laughs> you did? Yeah, because he right after he got hired, he came into the Five Guys I worked at. Nice. Uh, because does I he live right next to the Browns facility? Was he paying for meals? Sure was. He was nice. Chris, he was a very nice person to me. Chris, I've had Chris many Holtman, Browns people come in. Chris Holtman's been doing that every single year. Since he got Listen, to Ohio State, we're going to have State. a discussion about Chris Oldman here soon. I actually just saw someone bring that up last night, and I'll tell you this: the Columbus media loves, loves, loves Chris Oldman, and I bet because he's a good guy. Just, but um, you can't lose. Ohio State came into the Maryland game on Saturday with a good chance to just backdoor the number one seed in the conference tournament, uh, just because they just beat Illinois. At, at Illinois, they played Maryland and Nebraska these last two games. Two of the worst teams in the Big Ten, and they lost both times. Lost to Nebraska at home last night. That was a terrible loss. It, it Chris Holtman was. Chris Holtman has no no excuses if this team doesn't at least make a Sweet Sixteen. There are two first round picks on this roster right now, starters. Like, I don't. I not probably not guaranteed. Definitely probably not lottery picks, but there are two first-round prospects on this roster. He has no excuse. Last year was a fluke. I'll, I'll get we, we can call it last year a fluke. Uh, Oral Roberts just got hot. I believe they ran all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, Did they actually? And, yeah, I think, I think they went to the Elite Eight and lost to Houston or Arkansas. Well, speaking of the Elite Eight, did you see who was in the Elite Eight last year who has three wins this year? Oregon State. They yeah, listen, so Oregon bad. State, as a, as a gambler, you come to love teams if they do you good in the past. I jumped on Oregon State um, in the third round of the Pac-12 tournament because they won the Pac-12 to get into the, into the dance. And I rode them every single game in the tournament. Like, I think they covered in, like, 10 straight games. That was such a they, – they covered in the game they lost, too. That Oregon State is so bad this year, though. They are so bad. Did your affinity for Oregon State 
carry over into this season, and then you had to cut them off. It started to, but then then I realized, wow, this team is really, really bad. (laughs) This is just not a good basketball team. They don't do anything well. No, no, they don't. That's the best part about college basketball and college sports. If you're not a fan of one of the five schools that can win a championship any given year, especially in college football, you don't need to win a championship to be happy. Like, especially in college basketball, if you're, I don't know, Oral Roberts, they're never going to win a national championship, but they just made a run to the Elite Eight. You're going to remember that team for the rest of your life. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that the conference tournament in basketball is one of the great things, too, because even if you're only going to, even if your conference is only going to have one school who makes it, you can still get a lot of excitement out of that conference tournament because you're playing every single day. It's they're all playing at the same gym, so it looks like AAU because you can see the other teams right. in the corner tunnels while your game is going on, getting ready to take the court. So I do think that there's a little bit of a nostalgic aspect of it too, uh, aside from the school pride because it, it makes you think of the old days of playing basketball when you were like 10 years old. But right. I do think that's something that people people can rally around. So it is going to take an Oregon State Beavers uh, conference championship yet again in order to make the playoffs or make the tournament. And I do, I there's got to be one time where there's just some team who had, and maybe it's already happened. I don't know, but some team with ten or fewer wins who just makes the most freaky run of all time and somehow backs their way in to making the tournament. We've got a. Worst teams to ever make the March Madness. And while you're looking that up, I will say uh, a lot of people thought that the Chris Holtman team from a couple years ago that got canceled due to COVID, who was going to be a borderline, you know, two, three, four seed, possibly somewhere in that mix. um, A lot of people thought that that was going to be the team for Chris Holtman that finally broke through. But Then when COVID happened, it was like, oh, of course, his best year. Well, then the next year after that, they get bounced as a two seed. So it's almost like that completely nullified that argument. So now you have Ohio State who has not made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament yet. or I'm sorry, not made it to the second weekend. Correct. Second weekend, Um, which, by the way, I heard a stat that blew my mind. Uh, well, I mean, I, I didn't Uh-oh. hear it. I, I read this when I was discovering just how bad Patrick Ewing is. Georgetown okay. hasn't made it to the second weekend of March Madness in 15 years. Georgetown is awful. They are so bad. <laughs> the last time I remember them being good was 2007 when they went to the Elite of I know Elite it, dude. Four, I know it. Or the Final Four. They are bad. <laughs> like... No, I think they have five wins this year. The worst team to ever make the tournament won 11 games, by the way. Florida International, 1995. Well, 90, Florida International in 95, UCF in 96, and Fairfield in 97 all made it with 11 wins. All right. That's some, that's some luck right there. Those, those are See, some uh, – I'll tell you what, those are probably some fantastic odds to win those conference tournaments. Oh, yeah. Listen, every team here's every team every team that's entered the tournament with a losing record. Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any really recent teams. We have Texas Southern in twenty eighteen. No team has ever made it out of the first round on this list. Texas oh. Southern eighteen. 
Holy Cross in 16, Cal Poly in 14. 2015 was Hampton. There's no way there's going to be a power six or anything like that in here. Um, no. Is the Big East the six power conference? Yes. I was trying to think. What happened to the scoring in this game? Oh, no. Did it die down? I, I haven't looked at this TV in like 20 minutes. It's 57 to 49 with nine minutes left. What the hell happened? Uh, well, it's the, what's the number? 138. Oh, man. They better pick yeah, it up. Overtime or if Charleston Southern makes this close and it comes a free throw fest at the end. I don't know what pace I'm on right now. Let's see. Let's see what Vandal's telling me the live odds are. Then we can get out of here. Oh, no. We're well on pace, apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, we are on pace for 143 and a half. So not well on pace, but we're there. Listen, I am feeling really good. About, I'm, I'm kind of nervous that I'm getting hot right now, right before the tournament. But I've won my last seven bets, so I'm happy about that. By the <laughs> way, did we... you watch Wisconsin and Purdue last night? No, but I should have. Oh, my God. You, I was so excited for that game the entire day. Like, every second of the day yesterday, that game was on my mind, and it delivered in a spectacular fashion. Ivy on Purdue might be the best player I've ever seen. And Providence and Villanova was a two-point game, too, and those guys were both 9 and 11. Right. Did you, did you see what happened at the end of the Purdue-Wisconsin game? No, I did not. So, Wisconsin was kind of controlling the game for the majority of it, and Purdue made a run at the end. They cut it to a three-point game with, like, 15 seconds left. And Brad Davidson for Wisconsin, who's, like, as reliable as a free-throw shooter as you can get, was fouled. It was a one-and-one. One. Missed the first one, and then Jaden Ivey came down and just drilled a three right in Wisconsin's face with, like, three seconds left. And I can't remember who it for Wisconsin. Banked in a three with one second left. It was awesome. All righty, man. Uh, Covered in everything. Should have been watching. Um, it was great. Great game. It's funny because Monday night I was talking about – I was texting my friends like, wow, we got a really good slate of college basketball coming up tomorrow. And I completely forgot to watch all yeah. of it. And that game clinched at least a share of the regular season Big Ten title for Wisconsin. Uh, Which they're well, kind of a good – When's the last time they've done that? I, I guess because they were they – were, They were predicted – or projected to be really bad this year, Wisconsin. This might be like I, I'm. I've been watching a lot of this Wisconsin. I've been betting on Wisconsin a lot lately. I'm starting to think that this may be the team. This may be the team that makes a championship run. I I really like Purdue. I do. Um, I like Arizona. I like Gonzaga. I like Wisconsin. If Ohio State gets hot at the right time, I think they could make a run. I don't think they're going to, but I think they could. I'm, every time I watch Ohio State, they lose. And when they don't lose, they almost lose, like the Illinois game. They lose games they shouldn't, and they win games that they shouldn't. It's so frustrating. Playing to the level of their competition is something I can relate to. My, my mm-hmm. teams have done that very, I'm very bad. often. I'm a spad mata. I am betting on Notre Dame tonight. Oh, uh, they got, oh boy, Georgia Tech? Florida State. Florida State. I think we Only two and a half point favorites. 
On the road. Are we on the road? Yeah, you're on the road. But I got okay, them, I got Auburn, and I got I, That's OSU. okay. Leonard Hamilton will just have his best players come off the bench anyway. Hell yeah. Um, Auburn and LSU, who, who are they playing? Auburn is playing Mississippi State. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and LSU is a five-and-a-half-point dog. Three-and-a-half? Auburn's been bad. Auburn's not been playing good basketball lately. Now, granted, they're three but, losses. Uh, they they got a get-back game. Mississippi State is very – Mississippi State has looked good recently, but I don't think they're very good at all. They don't really do much of anything on offense. That wows me. And Auburn has one of the better defenses in the country. So I'm taking Auburn there. And then I got LSU. I, I'm not in love with the number, but I do like LSU's value here because Arkansas – Arkansas is very weird because they are very streaky, and LSU has an awesome defense. And I just, LSU is playing really good basketball right now. They're five-and-a-half-point road dogs. So I'm taking them. I think Sharif O'Neal is playing now. Who's the player for Arkansas who's really good? Like no tie or something? Yeah, I can't. I, I do, that's my favorite thing about college basketball. I know maybe 10 players. Exactly. All I know is Paolo Banchero is going to be a bust for whoever drafts him. Ooh. That dude is a football player masquerading as a basketball player. Hmm. Hey, I am very, very much anti-drafting power forwards in the NBA. Why? Because I feel like Steph Curry has completely revolutionized the game to the point where that middleman who can't really shoot it but is also kind of too short to play inside – I feel like if you're not a center, you're just, you're supposed to be playing around the outside. So I and I get Paolo Banchero can shoot, but only in like he's not going to be creating his own shot. He can catch and shoot an open three pointer, but I, I don't. I really don't like these Zion Williamsons who are at, who are six foot, who are not seven feet tall and are actually supposed to be playing inside. I, I just think that the game at this point is just so three point centric. To where yeah. if you're a power forward, you're pretty much a role player who just runs around set screens and then maybe you're left open. Like Draymond Green, for example, he is a very good passer. So he is able to provide a lot of value as a ball handler, as an assist man. But he, he's not going up down low and posting up like he did at Michigan State. And right. I just think that those guys are kind of – I don't think they provide a lot of value. Rui Hachimura was awesome at Gonzaga, and I'm pretty sure he's in the G League at this point. And he was a eighth overall pick. He was not. But the thing about him is he was really good his rookie year, and then he was dealing with some sort of mental health issue or something, and he just didn't report to the Wizards. And now I think he's coming back, but they're working him back in the game shape. Really? I didn't even I know think. that. I, I know oh. for a fact he was away from the team for some re- unknown reason. But he he was pretty he was pretty he's a pretty solid player. Well, I hope so because he was very easy to. He, a lot of people were rooting for him at Gonzaga. He uh right. He had his own little cult following there. But all right, I guess I have to come up with a different example. Okay, PJ Washington. The only people reason the only reason that people know who PJ Washington is is because he's hanging out with Instagram models. That's the only reason he's, people know. Who, he's actually not too bad of a player himself either. All right, I guess that's he's all right. Yeah, he's, he's, He's a good role player. Hey, well, exactly. That's what you're drafting is role players. And I feel like in lot in the NBA lottery, you should you're 
presumably drafting guys who you think will be stars. The only power forwards who have like really hit were DeMontis Sabonis, who, by the oh, way, is also se- he's seven feet tall, so he functions basically as a center. But he's so mo- he's like an Evan Mobley, like he's very mobile. So not right. nearly not nearly to the effect that Evan Mobley is. Evan Mobley is much more athletic, but. Mm-hmm. DeMontis Sabonis can move. He can come up, set screens. He can also hit open shots. So he's able to kind of play all around the half court. And then Evan Mobley can just play all around the entire court because he's just such an athletic freak. But these true power forward types, I I just – I don't know. And I I don't know if just being an athletic freak is enough. Like Jabari Smith, I I don't know if he's going to be a good power forward. Marvin Bagley at Duke, he was posting up and now look at him where, right. where he's forced to kind of actually run around and do stuff instead of just like body people in the paint. So I, I don't know. I'm very much anti-power forward unless you're like able to create your own shot, which not a lot of power. He, and if you're able to create your own shot as a power, as a, as a power forward height, then you're right. probably playing small forward like Michael Porter Jr. P.J. Washington was drafted 12th. I feel like the production he's given in his career is you would take that with the 12th pick because outside of the top 10, usually the NBA draft sucks. I I, I get that, but I, I still think that there's a certain expectation. I, I just cut it off at the lottery just because it has right. its own name. I feel like that's a simple cutoff. So right. I uh, I just think that if you're drafting the lottery, you're presumably drafting guys who you think are going to be stars. And mm-hmm. I do think, by the way, and we can have this discussion later because I'm, I'm not, I don't know how long this would take, but I think that embracing the one and done type players, uh-huh. I don't, I don't think that's very good for championships. And almost to the point where I would just avoid recruiting those levels of players. That's I know that takeaway. Makes, holy shit. Um, I, I I, I know that it makes it makes no sense intuitively I to avoid recruiting the best players, but John Calipari has one championship. Jay Wright has two, and Jay Wright has had two lottery picks in his twenty years of coaching at Villanova. Right. Uh, he, these guys, I, the, and, and Jay Wright has also had only one one and done player, and it was Amari Spellman who was drafted thirtieth overall. So I really think that, yeah, I I really think that there's something to having a bunch of guys who've been playing together for a long time, opposed to just guys who are basically creating an all-star team for a few months and then going to the NBA. Well, now, if you look at um the past champions, I mean Baylor last year, outside of Davian Mitchell, they don't really have that guy. Uh, Virginia, Villanova. Yeah, Kyle Guy. Like Kyle Guy was the most yeah. outstanding player of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the – a lot of these teams usually don't have the best player. I know, like, the exception is Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas, just because they get every good player. They don't just get the good player. They get every good player. But you'll get, like, teams like UConn, Maryland slipped in one this uh, this century, Um, Louisville, or – yeah, like Peyton yeah, Actually, Seaver. that never happened. That game never happened. Oh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, like Baylor, Virginia in 2019, they played Texas Tech. I mean, yeah, you 
college basketball is never usually dominated. The tournament is never usually dominated, or not anymore. It's not dominated by one player. Exactly, and I, I, I'm not trying to say that Coach K ruined his legacy, but because right. that's just certainly not true. But these past seven, however many years, where it's been a bunch of one and done players, I, I really think that he's kind of sold himself short with guys like Jaleel Okafor and Marvin Bagley. And then I, I don't know if this team ever had a nickname, but the Zion and Reddish and RJ Barrett, like all those guys, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram. Okay. What, one of those guys had to have won a championship at some point. So I, I know that I'm, I probably just crossed over into somebody who actually broke through, but I really don't think as far as I know that you can get a lot of hype around your program off of somebody who is really successful in the NBA. I get that. But as far as winning college championships, I don't think having an all-star team for a few months is the best way to go about doing that compared to guys who have are maybe second round pick level players in the NBA, but actually hang around to their senior year. Right. I mean, Kentucky, I would argue Kentucky gets the best players every year. They've only won one championship in my lifetime. Well, they won the year I was born, but I wasn't born yet. So they won one championship. 2015 was their best team when Devin Booker was coming off the bench for that team. And they lost to Wisconsin, a team that they had two lottery picks, but they didn't have the the cream of the crop in recruiting-wise. Yeah, then they were – both of them were not – one and done. I right. I think it was Frank Kaminsky and uh Decker. I think I think Sam Decker was yeah, also Sam Decker. Uh he actually Sam Decker may have been a one and done. I'll have to further investigate. But yeah, I I just I don't think that recruiting those levels of players are I, I don't think that that's very productive for the sake of the group. I, I really do think that these teams the the really good programs should be focusing in on guys who are like ranked 20 to 50 in the recruiting class right. where they're really good, but they're not one and done types where you can keep them around for a while. I think I, I know it's counterintuitive to recruit lesser players. I think it's actually a better long-term play. No, I see the vision. I see what you're talking about. All right. All right. You know, we're just going to end on that one right there. Cause we've been talking oh, for yeah. a long time that we ended on a high note. All right. More trivia coming next week. Cause we're, we're going to make this a staple of the show because we had a lot of fun with it today. Right. Um, and we'll figure it out from there. Maybe we'll talk. We might talk uh, MLB lockout. Uh, hopefully, not likely because because uh, well, hopefully that they figured it out by then because they just keep uh, making no, they up de- making up deadlines as they go. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens. But until then, everybody take care. Peace.